Hello once again, listeners. We are back, as we often are in these times when we talk to you. I've never done a podcast before, but hello. Um, <laughs> I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Well, welcome on, Jessica, um, for your first time podcasting after podcasting seven episodes with us. It is my first time podcasting the eighth episode of a podcast, and I am so glad to be here. And we're so glad to have you, Jessica. Mindless Matters is an 18-plus podcast. We feature live inductions, but not today. We'll get to that. Don't listen while driving or any time you could endanger yourself from dropping, even if we're not doing a live induction. Just don't do it. Uh, and as always, this is a podcast focused on learning, teaching, and the discussion of erotic Zor, recreational hypnosis. Hey, Jess, Jess, what are, what are we here doing um, on your first time on the eighth episode of the show? Today's episode is Hypnosis 101. That's right. Your one-stop shop for our intro to hypnosis. What we want to focus on here today is just going over the general idea of what hypnosis is, what trances, triggers, misconceptions that you might have had about it, and to just generally inform because this is a learning podcast. Mm -hmm. And hypnosis as a kink has had some pretty rough reputation in a lot of places, so it's not only good to dispel some of those... Um, common misnomers but also to educate anyone that might be listening that's uninformed on a specific point because that happens honestly anybody can become a hypnotist it's not all that hard maybe mm -hmm. this will inspire you uh to either trance or be tranced in the near future safely and funly <laughs> and also like speaking as somebody who learned trance from a tumblr post when she searched how to do erotic hypnosis maybe this will inspire you to learn something you get better at it because you can get by with not a lot but you can do a lot more if you learn a little how was that tumblr post did you um unlock the secrets uh we basically got like the default like relaxation induction out of it we figured out you know trance structure suggestion triggers uh, and not a lot else. Shoutouts to that Tumblr post. Don't go looking for it. <laughs> it's gone, probably, in the purge. But you know what's here? What's Us. now? Mindless Matters. Mindless Matters is here for you, for your family, for your dog. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> what is trance? Uh, well, trance is a natural state. Uh... In fact, listener, you and most other people probably experience it often. If you can think of meditation, if you think of being in subspace during a scene, uh, whenever you get wrapped up in a book and you can see the characters or the scenery in your head, if you just kind of like think of experiences like these, losing track of time, just being hyper-focused on something and just in a very active state of imagining it, that's trance, baby. You ever drive to point A and point B, forget the whole trip, just wake up suddenly and oh shit, I'm I I wasn't even I don't even remember driving. That's was trance. that dangerous? That was trance? A little bit. A little bit trance. That's car trance. What really is trance though? Trance is an active 
and focused learning state, where the mind takes in new information, immerses itself in it, and hypnosis is just the act of giving someone suggestions to guide them into a trance. You are serving up trance hot and fresh on a silver platter. On a, in a silver fondue pot, melting oh. all those wonderful ideas together. You're just still on, on cloud nine about your date. I had fondue. It was great. Anyway, so how hypnosis works mechanically is first, um, you go into a trance. Mm-hmm. Now, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Yes. You can trance yourself. I trance myself a lot. Same. Um, Sometimes I do it to sort of lucid dream. Other times I give myself suggestions because that shit's hot and I am a fucking hypnofetishist. So at me, I guess. It really helps to just have a clear, open mind whenever you're being tranced. Um, just following along with those suggestions, kind of being generally compliant and, you know, just doing your best to participate yeah just trying to be active in a trance will do nothing but help most of the time mm-hmm. we also have the example of the conscious versus the unconscious mind this isn't real like science science there aren't parts of your brain it, that you can point at and be like this is the conscious i mean well it's it's kind of science but it's also kind of not science so like it's not it's not physical but it is a very helpful concept yeah it's it's a very useful way for us to visualize how our brains process information mm-hmm. um so the conscious mind considers controls makes decisions uh and it questions things and the unconscious learns and memorizes patterns and such takes things at face value and imagines nonsense Mm -hmm. and so what you're doing by going into trance is you're disengaging the conscious and um you're not really questioning things so much as you are learning about them and imagining them and immersing yourself in them and what are suggestions A suggestion is something that you say to the unconscious mind while the conscious is busy off doing something else that it just automatically, or rather not automatically, but it it just kind of takes that face value again and believes. Um, Now that's kind of an oversimplified version of things. Um, It's not that your subconscious just believes everything perfectly. But it's a lot more likely to. Uh, definitely, especially if you're willing to, uh, especially if you know that it's only believing something for a certain amount of time. Mm. If you're calm or relaxed in the situation, it makes it easier. Yeah, once you suspend that disbelief, um, you can do a lot. And so, what does a suggestion sound like? Um, Uh... a suggestion might be something as simple as you might notice that your eyelids are feeling heavier and heavier with each blink. Or something like it's easier to relax with each breath out, each deep inhale. Then exhale just seems to make every muscle settle more and more. And see, deep breathing naturally does this. It kind of just calms the body so one of those little hypnotist tricks is 
predicting something that you know will already happen. Mm -hmm. It leads into their conscious and unconscious brains being like, oh, this happened when they said it would. Therefore, when they say other things, those will probably happen too. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one. Do you want to do it? Do you want to? Yeah. Go ahead. Another suggestion could sound like if you just close your eyes, listen and focus, you can start to hear the sounds of the grassy plains. The wind just whips across the tall grass, creating patterns in it as they flow, blowing against your skin. Nice and cool on a hot day. If you find ju- if you just find yourself getting lost in this pleasant daydream, you can notice etc 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 yeah and suggestions like these help you immerse the trancey gives them direction it engages their senses and helps them imagine which is exactly what the unconscious mind is perfect doing mm-hmm. what does trance look like well everyone has different signs of trance uh some people get a real fucked up and it's super obvious and pretty hot (laughs) other people it's more subtle it can be including up to and beyond stuff like slack shoulders slowed breathing rapid eye movement like when you're asleep and dreaming like it looks like your eye your pupils are vibrating under your eyelids uh a slower heart rate sleepy looking or sounding droopy or slack like their head or neck is leaned down and relaxed or they have slurred speech of something mm-hmm. but your signs of trance can often be influenced by what you believe trance will feel like and look like so totally. if you feel like trance will have you talking like a mindless drone then it might affect you like that in fact a lot of what we believe in uh what we see in popular media affects how people experience trance today just because mm-hmm. that's uh, how they believe it will feel. Yep. Belief has a very large uh, influence over how trance feels and affects you. And trancing is a skill. It takes practice and you can get better at it over time. And sometimes you have a natural aptitude for it. But that, again, is just entry level and practicing mm-hmm. will only make you better at it. Some people are more suggestible than others, but if you feel like you might not be suggestible, that's perfectly fine. Anybody can be tranced, and trancing is a skill. Yeah. Let's talk about modality, both meanings of modality. So I've seen two different meanings of modalities, um, but both of them are important to me. One definition is that it is your suggestibility to someone, how much you trust them, believe in their ability to trance you, and your desire to be tranced by them. Mm-hmm. Another definition is is the best way that you take in information and suggestions, whether you are a direct or indirect suggestible. For example, maybe one person takes a more direct suggestion of your shoulders are feeling heavy, whereas another person might take the more indirect suggestion easier of your shoulders feel like they're turning into lead, just weighing you down more and more. Or you feel like you have a weighted blanket draped over your shoulders. Mm, Yeah. Usually indirect suggestibles need more metaphor, whereas direct suggestibles need to know exactly what's happening and what to feel. 
Mm-hmm. Another example for indirect, uh, just to give us a chance to che- tease Jess, is like, I don't know, imagining um, a snake bite or something injecting venom into their neck and telling them, oh, it feels like hot candle wax is pouring through your veins. That just sounds goopy. Yeah. <laughs> Fill my veins with pudding. <laughs> is this going in the podcast? I that's a that's a call for future Jess and Sam. All right. All right, future us, figure it out. We'll keep trucking on. <laughs> and whether you take in visual, auditory, or kinesthetic suggestions more, um like the visuals of the grass blowing in the plains making those waves or the auditory of hearing them shuffle against each other or the kinesthetic of feeling the cool breeze on your skin Mm -hmm. everybody has their skills with these and their weak points and that's just fine and some people have multiple some people have the less common of Mm -hmm. just like oh they really jive with like taste or smell um usually people are good at one of those main three but absolutely you always want to add in taste and smell because yeah 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 they make the whole thing a lot more immersive they're like a seasoning to the main dish of visual auditory and kinesthetic Mm -hmm. and uh an important thing to note is that when somebody is trancing you confusion inductions usually will want to look for whatever modality is your weakest Mm-hmm. because the more that you have to focus on imagining it, the harder and harder your conscious mind has to work until it checks out. Until it just goes, fuck this, I'm gone. <laughs> fuck this shit, I'm out. That's right. What is suggestibility? Uh, Well, first off, before we talk about anything else, it can be trained. Like so much else, it can be practiced, it can be worked on. People can get more suggestible over time, especially if they work with hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Suggestibility is, again, just your capability to take suggestions um, while you're in trance. Yeah. Some people who are more suggestible can take suggestions when they are awake. Uh, Some people take them easier with fewer problems. It is, again, a skill that you work on as a trancee. As a and, sub. And that skill has subsets. Somebody who's very suggestible, points at herself, might not be good at taking specific kind of suggestions, like physical hallucination, mm-hmm. but might be really good at taking other kinds of suggestions. Yeah, definitely. People who have good imaginations are often good suggestibles, mm-hmm. um, and therefore can be tranced more easily than others. Yep. There's a there's a lot of creatives that you can kind of see that connection in. All right. Now, let's talk about stereotypes and untruths. First one's a big old bold underline. Anyone can be hypnotized. We've known several people who are just like, yeah, no, I can't be hypnotized, or I it just doesn't work very well on me. That's okay. But... If you want to try to be hypnotized, and if you are willing to put in, you know, some effort, some practice, find somebody that is compatible with you, anyone can be hypnotized. Anything in this sort of realm is possible. Mm-hmm. Often it takes uh, trying new things if you've been having troubles. Mm-hmm. Also consider that the person that is hypnotizing you, if you've had trouble with them before, that maybe they just didn't know exactly what they were doing or how best to suit you. 
Exactly. Like maybe you are an indirect suggestible and you're listening to this episode now and you're like, that's a thing? What? <laughs> well, shit. I got to go tell my three partners. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, um. <laughs> again, trancing is a skill that can be trained. Yeah. Uh, suggestions that are hard for you can be trained as well or given in a way that better suits you. Yeah. Things can always be reframed to fit your scope and understanding better. I can't count the number of times that I've taken a suggestion that hasn't worked and then talked to the transee about it, talked about what they had struggles with, and just all it took was just a rewording, a reframing, and things just clicked. Yeah, don't be afraid to stop and take criticism and do a do-over. Picture hypnotizing somebody in this instance say something doesn't work say they don't take a suggestion or they stop and say this isn't working talk to them like you're doing an art commission ask them what they want to change talk with them to figure that out maybe they need some help to decide what they want that's where you come in another just big old misconception that uh we especially want to get out there is that there's a lot of people that we see that are just very eager and very wanting to be in a hypnotic relationship, 24-7 or otherwise, top or bottom, this will not improve your life on its own. You want to be careful with that kind of eagerness because it's important to choose a partner that you feel like you can trust and be mm -hmm. safe around. Totally. It's not the same as just like hiring a, a dom at the local leather dungeon. You, this is something that we, we talked about trust and modality earlier. A committed, like, hypnotic relationship like this is a partnership. You, you need to have something that can form a strong foundation. We can't stress enough that it needs to be carefully planned. You don't want to rush into this, no matter how appealing it may seem, no matter how many times you've seen it help people. Hypnosis isn't therapy. And mm -hmm. if you think it's going to help solve some sort of depression or loneliness or lack in your life, we can personally guarantee you that it will not. Hmm. Now, I do want to say that hypnosis can be therapy, Absolutely. but not the kind that we're doing. No. <laughs> Here, there's a misconception. Um, I know erotic hypnosis, so therefore I can do hypnotic therapy. No, Ooh, you're not a therapist. Big old don't sign stamp on it. like from Don't ever. Don't try it. Don't think about it. Whatever mm. help you think you might be able to give will probably just end up harming more. And harming you too. Harming your relationship. Harming and, your credibility you know, as a hypnotist. Yeah, your reputation. Part of being a hypnotist is knowing your limits, and uh, your limits include not being a therapist, most likely. Mm -hmm. And even if you are a therapist, like, save the therapeutic hypnosis for your clients in your preferred meeting place while you I think are the, on the I fucking think the clock. Therapists, I think the therapists here probably have enough training to know not to do this kind of stuff, so okay, I, won't, but, I won't preach to them. But people have been hexing the moon, Jessica. We have to be thorough. Oh, <laughs> uh, now we're topical. Ugh. We've dated this episode. Oh, no. Here's another <laughs> misconception. Hypnosis is not sleep. Again, 
It is an active, focused state. In fact, most people feel more tired after hypnosis. Is that true? In fact, we feel more tired after hypnosis. There you have it. That's a truth. <laughs> Mindlessness is not <laughs> trance. Listen, I know what the fucking podcast is called. But when you are in trance, you are not mindless. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're mindless in trance and you're not actually like listening to the suggestions or not actually in the in the moment, you might be in trance, but it's probably a lighter trance and it is not very useful. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you you're in that active learning state where you're just engaged with it and you're imagining the moment and you're taking in all the senses and you're just completely absolutely utterly immersed in that moment and that's what you want to go for um or at least you know allow yourself to be open to rather than just like i'm so mindless i can't hear anything i am a drone yep and that can be fun to play with suggestions like that but it doesn't really work that way for most people mm-hmm. and you generally have to deal in approximations and metaphor to get that effect yeah yeah often whenever you're a new subject uh you'll kind of experience a light trance where you you feel like you're not quite all the way there or you might not even notice that you're in trance during a scene mm-hmm. uh the first time and it often makes people feel like hypnosis is not that effective on them or that strong or perhaps that they were just following along and you know i assure you that all of these things are pretty natural your your first couple trances typically are hard to tell just because it's hard to know what a trance state feels like. And in addition to that, we just want to say, that can even happen if you are a bit more experienced and just playing with a different partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's talk about memory play. Mm-hmm. This is something we've touched on last episode. Memory play doesn't actually make you f- completely forget a thing. It's just mm. out of view of your mind. It'll return naturally if untouched by suggestion. We've put that on display for y'all enough times, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Another misconception as we're going down this big old list, there is more than one induction. Like we said earlier, we learned how to do erotic hypnosis on a basic-ass relaxation induction that was very specific. It had different boxes to fill. But that's just one type. You got relaxation, you got rapid, you got confusion, you have uh fixation there's a bunch of different things you can do and to make a little side note on this there are a lot of induction scripts out there and a script is uh, a script is kind of like using a recipe from a suburban white mom it's a great jumping off point but you know it's not gonna taste right if you just make the recipe you gotta, that chicken's not gonna be seasoned. It's not gonna be seasoned. It's never going to be seasoned. You have to play with it, because if you're just reading a script, it's gonna sound like you're just reading a script. If you're reading a script, you're relying on the trancees' ability to trance themselves. Yeah. Uh, they might as well just be doing it on their own. It's like... It's it's certainly good if you wanted to just try it out, and yeah. it's your very first time, but I encourage you to just go for it to just read up what you can about hypnosis and uh 
uh, trancing somebody and take an honest take at it in your style without a script. You'll find that it it helps you in the long run much much more. Doing a organic, like, GMO-free, farm-raised, non-cage induction from the heart is basically like the difference between a tailored suit and something that you got at Target. Stuff that you got at Target will work fine, but that tailored suit is always going to fit perfect. (laughs) Exactly. It's always going to feel better, and you're like, ooh, this is what rich people feel like. Whenever you're a hypnotist, you want to make sure that you are versatile with your subjects, and scripts are rigid bullet point. You could have more than one sense that you're good at imagining, um, and these modalities can be trained just like trance can be trained. Mentioned mm-hmm. that earlier. Yep, yep. Suggestible does not equal gullible. You do not simply believe everything foolishly that a hypnotist tells you. Suggestibility is allowing a hypnotist to give you a suggestion and then willingly experiencing that as though it were your reality. Yeah, it's it's like uh, pointing at somebody and saying, fool that you aren't. If you imagine in your mind for me, <laughs> um, if you want to, what it might feel like to just lay your hand down on a warm sidewalk that's just been baking in the sun all day, how it almost starts to burn your hand. If you started to feel that sensation, um, then that's just being suggestible Mm -hmm. you allowed yourself to feel something it's not like i tricked you into it it's not like you believe that you are actually touching concrete although if you tried really hard you might it's just that you accepted um something and imagined it right it's you know unless you looked up at the ceiling and saw the words uh imagine that the you're touching you know a hot sidewalk probably not gullible I get what you did there. <laughs> but it didn't work at all. And... <laughs> huh, it says imagine touch the sidewalk hot on the ceiling. How is touch the sky? Oh, so it does. <laughs> uh, here's another thing. Hypnosis is not the same thing as mind control. And you might oh. be asking us, well, what the fuck's the difference? They describe the same thing. Well, listener, they don't. Hello, welcome to a pet peeve of ours. Mind control is what you'll usually see in media. The Jedi mind trick. The, uh, somebody in series of unfortunate events getting hypnotized. Probably something that happened in Totally Spies. That shows a mess. Most hypnosis in media is actually closer to mind control because it literally strips away their will. They have no choice or chance. Yep. Um, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis we're gonna say that until it's branded into your brain and there is no way that somebody through hypnosis can force you to do something that you are not okay with Mm -hmm. now that said um you are still as vulnerable to abuse as you would be in any other scene and things can be forced or coerced upon you by people with bad intentions yes absolutely like you can you can take that hypnosis can't force you to do things you're not okay with thing as a safety blanket, but don't let that uh, be a substitute for critical thinking. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that you want to keep in mind is that 
um, you know, you, you do have agency while you're being hypnotized, while you're under the effects of suggestions. And honestly, if you need to stop any of those at any point, um, you can. And should. Nothing, nothing can force you to stay in trance. Uh, most of the time, if you need to pick up the phone during a scene, you'll likely just wake up and snap yourself out of trance like you're snapping yourself out of reading a really good book. Right, like someone knocks on your door, they need you, you're like, oh yeah, what's up? It might be, yep. might make you a little dizzy, but it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Especially if you were like just really in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yes, uh, you you still can be abused by others. So it's yeah. it's you know it's something that you want to watch out for, like you do in any kind of kink scenario. Absolutely, it, it people refer to hypnosis as like a a mental bondage, and while that's not entirely accurate, the analogy can be useful to get this point across. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, mind control fantasies get a lot of people into the kink. People want to live those those fantasies of having their agency stripped away mm-hmm. or or other like edge play or scary things. Power but fantasy. Not, yeah, definitely. But not all hypnosis is scary. Hypnosis can be very calm and soft and caring. We've made and... we've made a good examples on the podcast, haven't we? Yep. Yeah, we have. Um <laughs> Although I bet a lot of people who haven't listened to the podcast might start with this episode, so you can see those examples later whenever you listen to our entire backlog. Thanks. <laughs> it takes a long time to cause any real behavioral changes. Long-term changes take long-term training. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you if you wanted to have some sort of like conditioning over time, it's going to take a while, you know. Yeah. And like regular reinforcement. Mhm. Uh, uh so let's this under We were going to just make a quick note. Um that long term that we were just talking about commonly call that brainwashing. Commonly called brainwashing. <laughs> That's concrete Bron- baby. Bronkwalking. <laughs> Um, this is only mentioned as a personal point because brainwashing, mind control, and hypnosis are all different things that are kind of like a big old Venn diagram on themselves. Shout out to Sleeping Girl. Mm-hmm. Big shouties. Good God. <laughs> How about we try to understand some trance? Let's break it down into its contingent pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is a, a contingent? Of- constituent no like a contingent what is a contingent piece contingent subject to chance occurring or existing only if uh certain circumstances are the case huh So the second definition of contingent is similar to dependent or conditional uh, or determined by. So I, these pieces of trance are dependent on each other and only exist because of each other. Okay, that works. It does, but now we have to... No, no, it's fucking not. I'm not putting my (laughs) googling into the trance. It's not... Hinkognosis. <laughs> we're definitely keeping at least one of the things we're saying we're going to cut in. I don't think it's this. It's not this. Okay. None of this. 
Anyway. We'd like to understand trans. Do you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, trance is built on uh, belief, imagination, conviction, expectation. Belief that you can be tranced, um, because if you don't believe you can be, you know, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, you simply won't be. You've got an anti-placebo um, effect working against you. <laughs> uh, you have to imagine engaging your senses and imagination. Um, you have to have conviction uh, that you will be tranced and expectation of what that trance will feel like and be like. A lot of this goes into authority. Whenever you display authority and show why a trance will work, this fuels your belief, uh, it builds conviction, uh, and it explains and gives credibility to your expectation. Mm-hmm. And from there, you work on overloading the trancey, which simply disengages their conscious mind and allows you to talk to the more imaginative, unconscious, the active learning state of their mind. Uh, another word that we could use for authority, for some of our listeners, in case that just doesn't click, is confidence. And just like that sort of way you mm-hmm. present yourself. Yeah, you want to be trustworthy, you want to have self-control, you want to demonstrate control over your environment, yeah, knowledge over your craft, as it were. Right, like if you go up to the fucking Apple kiosk before the pandemic started and ask them for help, you're probably going to trust what they say because they're in an Apple store, they are wearing an Apple outfit, um, and they are uh, about as trustworthy as anyone from the company Apple can be. This is a good example. Also, I just realized that we're a plague podcast. Yeah. We've existed solely during the coronavirus. Anyway. And we will continue to exist after it inevitably dies. No, and whenever the, the vaccine comes out, mindless matter, done. We gotta get back on before we cut something from the podcast. Triggers, what the fuck are those? What the fuck are they? We said fuck in the podcast. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, a trigger is an effect that you attach to some kind of stimuli called a trigger that triggers the response, a cause to an effect. Some that people, effect. Some people uh, will use the word spark instead of trigger if they don't jive with the terminology. Oh yeah, I've heard that, definitely. Mm-hmm. So don't let that be a, a gate to stop you if you struggle with you know PTSD and you don't want to be saying trigger all the dang time. Whatever we talk about it here, we're talking about a hypnotic trigger, and that's the word that we'll use for the rest of the podcast, but um, just be mindful that that's not necessarily how it has to be. So what can a trigger be? A trigger Uh, can be... Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, It can be a word, a phrase, uh, a certain touch or a pattern of touches, apparel like a shirt or a specific hoodie or a nice pair of panties if you're getting... Saucy. Uh, a song a or just noticing something specific. Mm-hmm. So that's the cause, and the effect can be pretty much whatever you want it to be. It can be uh, pleasure, it could be obedience, it could be completing a certain task or repeating a certain word or phrase. Relaxation. Um, drifting into trance. 
uh, triggers and conditioning will naturally wear off over time. This is a natural process of the mind, and having either wear off is just an opportunity for you to reinforce and relearn. That's right. Another little wrinkle on that is nobody really knows, this is just a side note, nobody really knows what the fuck hypnosis really, really is on the full lowdown level. So sometimes things happen like triggers just work sometimes, even after they stop working or are forgotten. Um, a lot of the time, your memories can help re-engage a lost trigger or a trigger that is drifting away. Like when you're out at somebody's barbecue and you remember when you were a kid and you went over to your friend's house to play the Captain Crunch PC CD-ROM on their computer. Your experiences are not universal. Are you sure? <laughs> we're pretty I, sure everyone's played that Captain Crunch PC game. Maybe they have. Maybe I have. <laughs> Captain Crunch sleeper cell over here. <laughs> uh, whenever you're wording an effective suggestion, like a trigger, always you want to make sure that it is open-ended so that the parts that don't have to be nailed down can be interpreted by the transee however they feel best, um, that it's catered to their modality, whether they're direct or indirect, and sight, sound, and touch. You want to focus on positive cans and not negative do-nots. The unconscious has trouble understanding what do-not means because it first has to think of doing something and then not doing that. Right. And you want to reiterate during trance um, what an effect does or feels like or this or that to make sure that they understand it. It usually takes one or two passes, maybe two or three, for the subconscious mind to really sink in information. Mm -hmm. You can even ask them in trance for confirmation that they understand, just saying like, uh, and as soon as you understand exactly what that means, you can just nod your head and say yes. You've actually done that to us on the podcast. Tons. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's an excellent way to make them feel like they are actively, on their part, reinforcing a suggestion that you've just given them. And on another level, if somebody maybe usually has a hard time getting in a trance, hearing themselves deep in trance with that automatic response, and that's another sign of trance, is having quicker responses before you can kind of process the thought you respond to it having somebody in trance feel that can be a sort of deepener for them hearing themselves say yes to a suggestion um or even saying a suggestion that you just said can be very effective you know you are most suggestible to yourself you take in information that you learn and Commit it to memory or commit it to reality or immerse yourself in it all the time. Sick Kingdom Hearts 2 reference. Got it memorized. That's right. <laughs> um, and so it can be very effective to have a trancey repeat after you, like, you know, I am deep in trance. Them just saying that themselves is a very convincing moment. And it's fun to watch them just get, like, slower as they go. And wording your suggestions like that uh, can really tie together triggers. Mm-hmm. You know how that's the the uh, committed to memory is is what uh, Axel says in Japanese, right? Oh, I did not. Yeah, that's why we were like, sick reference. And you said the English line, and we were like, okay, but we gotta make sure she knows. 
And now I knows. And now she knows. Negotiation in safety in trance. I'll let you take this one. Okay. Fuck it up. <gasps> negotiate everything that will happen during a scene. You want to negotiate the induction, the trance, the suggestions, and what kind of aftercare you're going to provide and how to do so. How you're going to touch them if you're worried that they're going to fall over because they're not experienced at going into trance. Yes. You want to make sure that you have permission to catch them. Yes. Um, and hopefully, specifically, how you'll try to catch them. But again, you know, just make sure that that's a reasonable expectation, especially for new trancees who are usually influenced by what they think trance will feel like. They might fall. Be careful. Uh what they need set aside in case things get a little sticky, a little red, if we're using the stoplight system. Mm -hmm. uh, do they need a tub of ice cream, a big heavy blanket nearby? Maybe you want them, maybe you want to be able to go and grab their cat from the other room. During negotiation, you should always figure out what kind of aftercare they need. The, mm -hmm. 100%. You don't want to have to do that um, whenever they've had to uh, call a safe word and like need aftercare. Right then. You can't assume that the scene's going to go well, and you can just go, oh, what do you need now? Yeah, because there, there's a chance that if they have something called an ab reaction, we'll talk on that in a minute, uh, they will be panicking. Or, like, in some extreme cases, having about a PTSD. Mm -hmm. So you, we cannot stress enough. You have to figure this out. Like, get this information down in your head, in whatever way makes sense to you, pull up a notepad, get a clipboard and look cool while you write it all down. Just make sure you have this stuff, like, sorted out between you and your partner. Make sure you both know what's going to happen. You need to only do what is negotiated. You need to stick to that while you are doing that scene. And on top of that, never, ever, 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 big old bold underline ever negotiate uh, during or directly after a scene. And you might say, why not directly after a scene? We're done, right? No, you're not actually done. Uh, not only are you, you know, providing aftercare and everything, but directly after hypnosis, people are generally still, like, suggestible. They're still at a heightened sense of suggestibility. I mean, at the end of any scene, like endorphins are running high you know you're not thinking as as like rationally as you could be it's not inappropriate time to negotiate you want to make sure that they have a full cool down and mm -hmm. that they know that they're you know completely sound of mind and calm and if you're just sitting there like oh but i have this really good idea and i really want to do that that's great don't part of establishing authority is self-control Mm -hmm. And being able to control yourself and going, oh, I wanted to do this during our scene, but, you know, I didn't, shows to them that they can trust you to not act on your impulses. Yeah, like we have actually had moments when we were talking and doing scenes before, and we were like, oh, give me a second, I gotta write this idea down for later so I can do it when, so we can negotiate this later. It's It's a thing that even, like, people who do this all the time do. It is important. Please, if, if if you take nothing else away from this, negotiate everything, stick to it, make sure everyone is okay with it, and don't pressure anyone into doing something they don't want to do. That's just shitty. Mm -hmm. 
Part of negotiation is establishing effective safe words. Uh, one of the ones that's commonly used in the hypnokink community is the stoplight system. A stoplight system is simply green means good, yellow means pause the scene, need to talk about something or renegotiate, or, or just something that might be uncomfortable. And red means the scene simply needs to stop completely. Right now. Right now. Whenever you're working with a longer-term hypno-kink partner, you might consider conditioning them to give safe word responses easily and automatically. Um, And and you want to let your sub know that it's always okay to say no. Even if they're in trance in the middle of the scene, it's okay to break that and say no, or I don't feel comfortable doing that, or we need to stop the scene. And another way that you want to say that to certain people, like, we ourselves have a an issue not wanting to say no because we're enjoying where a scene is and we want to see where it's going to go even if we're, like, a little uncomfortable. Morbid curiosity. Morbid curiosity. So you want to let someone know that, like, you, you know, your comfort is more important than your curiosity. <laughs> yeah. So another thing that can keep you safe in trance is making sure that your suggestions are safe. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this here and there through the podcast, but just to run over it quickly again. Uh, you First, you want to think of all the ways that your suggestion could go wrong. This is kind of like, if any of y'all out there have ever played the, the little board game code names and you're in control, uh, there's always a death word. And you have to give a little code word and make sure that it doesn't reference that death word or you know someone on your team is going to pick it and everything's going to go to shit and somebody's going to fall into a vat of ice cream and it's just not going to be good. <laughs> um, once you've thought of all of the ways that can go wrong, you want to make sure that you word your suggestions so that uh, you can work around those or avoid those bad case scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, some common safeguards to put on suggestions are, you know, so long as safe and appropriate. That phrase specifically. That phrase specifically, because you don't want them to react to hypnosis if it's not safe, and you don't want them to do it if it's not appropriate, like if they were in public. Mm -hmm. And not safe goes beyond just like physical safety, but like also mentally safe. And emotionally safe. And emotionally safe. Self-care is important. Part of self-care is following suggestions only when they're safe and appropriate. And you want to explain what that means to people who haven't played with you before so they understand both inside and outside of trance what it means to only react when it's safe and appropriate. Yeah, that's something you just... It's a, it's a very, very good safety phrase, and honestly, everyone should know it. Mm-hmm should be in your hypnotist toolbox absolutely just in your little flip up notebook just put that near the top only when i say or do something or the converse uh, only when someone you trust uses this trigger someone you really trust to make sure that nobody who's just a random stranger can activate a trigger Uh, You just have that control over it so that it doesn't come up in regular life. If somebody were to give you an open trigger that was just like, if anybody around you anytime says good girl, and this is bad practice. But even if they did do that, 
you could ignore that. It would cause an ab reaction. Your first instinct would be to feel whatever that trigger makes you feel, but... Um, and then, you know, panic, anxiety, not right now, can't feel that right now. It's but it, it, it is, it's jarring to have your brain say, oh, I should feel this, and then knowing that you're not in a place where you can do that or where it's not appropriate to. And mm-hmm. so you want to make sure that you are not having triggers happen when they shouldn't happen because having to suppress that is uh, just discomforting. It sucks. It sucks. Uh, that's why you want to make sure that triggers aren't common phrases or very easily uh, triggered. uh, So you can't trigger them accidentally. Um, Things like only when I tap your finger in a certain way and say a certain phrase or uh, certain phrases that you would never say randomly. Yeah. That's why a good girl is not good because you can say it so easily accidentally. And this just goes back to not using a trigger in public or in a place where you it is not safe and appropriate. A good way that you can um, add to the safety of a trigger generally is adding in the subject's name in the trigger phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a catch-all, especially if it's, you know, a common name. Um, but it helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and another thing is... Uh, for safe suggestions, you want to make sure that you avoid uh, hyperbole. Um, yes. You just don't want them to feel like they're absolutely powerless because then that leaves no room for, you know, safely saying no or mm-hmm. uh, you don't want them to feel like their personality is completely erased forever. That uh, kind of hyperbole should just never be in hypnosis. Like, there's very specific scenes where you can play with something that extreme in terms of language, but generally speaking, that is that is experienced and heavily negotiated, like... The unconscious mind takes things literally. Yes. So you don't want to give them hyperbole because it will feel them literally, and it'll probably cause an ab reaction and wake them up because that's horrifying. It's bad. Um... Speaking of, what is an ab reaction? Well, let us tell you, listener. An ab reaction in an oversimplified sense is just whenever you have trouble taking a suggestion and it causes your body to twitch or you to feel uncomfortable in some way because uh, on some level you have a problem with a suggestion. Mm -hmm. Maybe a suggestion is just worded in a way that you find distasteful or maybe it's a suggestion that you don't want to have in the first place that um, wasn't necessarily negotiated for, mm-hmm. or a trigger happening in a place where you know that you can't be experiencing that trigger. Yeah, and the discomfort that you get from an ab reaction can vary severely. It could be just something as simple as like, uh, like a small like chip off the shoulder all the way up to, you know, like a panic attack. Like a full-on, full-ass, like, meltdown panic attack. Like, world-is-ending panic attack. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be careful that um, you tread lightly around these things. You talk to your partner about what might set off a a panic attack or what might make them very uncomfortable. If they have anything that might commonly come up that they should let you know about that might make them very uncomfortable. 
Um, and if if somebody starts feeling bad in this way, you want to do your best to just provide aftercare, make sure that you reinforce that they feel that they are safe, that they are in a safe environment, that they are okay. And uh, on that topic, if, if you are doming and you notice that your submissive is having like symptoms of an ab reaction you can say for the scene you can make it stop and you can bring them back up real quick Mm -hmm. same with vice versa sometimes you know a dom will like have discussed something and it'll just kind of hit them different than they thought it would and maybe they'll be having you know a pretty bad time you can you can always safe word for your partner's well-being and lastly um, if something goes wrong in a scene, you obviously want to do your best to be there for your partner, doing whatever aftercare it is that they negotiated for, you know, bringing them up gently out of trance, not like quickly and jarringly. Um, just like you do so immediately, but not necessarily quickly. Yeah. Um, but if, if for any reason they do not want to be around you, you know, they're perfectly entitled to their space. Yeah. Um, just make sure that you know that they can be with somebody who will help them feel safe. Uh, like a, a contact that they have in nearby or a dungeon monitor, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. that they're being looked after by somebody else. Um, and after an intense scene, you always want to check up with a play partner the next day just to make sure how they're feeling um and that they're they're not in a bad place or anything um you know sub drop can happen in a delayed way and it can kind of get to you over time and so you just want to make sure that you're checking in on people that you played with from experiences like personal experience sub drop fucking sucks and it sneaks up on you and it's a bastard hey sub what's up that was the joke. I make you drop. Oh, we got got. Got hooped. <laughs> if you're down to dunk, we're up to all of you. Any points for any listeners that get that reference? At the end of the day, practice makes perfect. Yep. As with most things. <laughs> it does. Uh, confidence is key in all aspects. If something doesn't work, it can be practiced. Um, for newer trancees, if you want to help them practice trance... You can do a little bit of fractionation where you just bring them down into trance, play with them a little bit, and then bring them up, and yep. then do another trance after that, and another trance after that. Just back-to-back um, trances. They don't have to be intense. Just get them uh, coming up and dropping down. Used to the feeling of what it's like to be in trance and how it feels different from being awake and completely aware and conscious. Yeah. If things aren't working, try something different. And sometimes try something different just for the hell of it. Just for the fuck of it. <laughs> this yeah. is the fuck episode. We've done a lot of those. Wordy dirties. <laughs> How do you start out? Uh, well, like we've been talking about, um, light trances. Sometimes, you know, like, when you have somebody new to hypnosis, they'll, they won't have a good idea of what trance feels like. They might have an idea of what it's quote-unquote supposed to look like from media like we talked to earlier but they don't have a lot of practice being okay with having these little light trances where they kind of feel like they're playing along perfectly fine it's a great way to start out it's a great way to work your way up so to speak you want to start small don't go being like oh yeah um 
there's going to be this great suggestion near the end of this trance where you're going to feel ravaged by this wonderful pit of tentacles. It's a, it's a bit of a big ask, buckaroo. Um, another thing is, if you whether you're starting out or whether you're changing gears or whatever spot you're at, be honest to yourself about your skill level, uh, but be confident in your ability to trance someone. You can admit to yourself that you're like, yeah, I need some work in, you know, talking to indirect subjects, or I kind of get stuck on this type of induction. But I can still hypnotize someone. I still know how to do that on paper. Even if it takes some talking to people and some, like, discussion, I can do it. You want to accept that things won't always work out. Sometimes there are just people who, for whatever reason aren't going to have a very good hypnotic modality with you, just maybe not very suggestible for one reason or another. Maybe it's the environment or their relationship to you. Sometimes those things just happen. Mm-hmm. You want to be willing to learn and be trying to find new ways to learn. That's why, you know, Jess and us listen to different, you know, hypno podcasts. Um, why we go to the virtual meetups like Beguiled Conline and uh, Ehu. Or is it is it Ehu? Ehu. Because it's usually Nihu, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, swear to God, one day when, when we're out of Plague Town, we'll go to a convention. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh-huh. But yeah, like, us personally, like, we have, like, played with different inductions recently within the last few months and figured out wow we really like fixation inductions and we really like doing fixation fixation inductions on other people it's fun and it feels natural and that's kind of why you always want to like feel around and try stuff we got great ideas for stuff if you have a great concept pop into your mind just try to find a way to fit that in maybe type out like an outline for yourself you want to mix it up uh ask for feedback and our last little tip is just do it Get out yep. there. Trance somebody. Just an ancient meme for you. You gotta... Just do just it. do it. Um, look, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna be real with y'all. In this very podcast, in this very podcast, we had a... <laughs> Jessica has written pussy milk in our notes. That's not on the podcast. <laughs> it has to be in the podcast now. In this in this podcast, we have had our own like hangups of, oh, we want this to go this very way. We want this to go like this way. We want to be ready and practice for it. This is like every other goddamn thing you can do. You'll never make a perfect pancake on the first pour. Your you, first YouTube series is always going to be a little clunky. You're never going to pick up a new MOBA right away when you touch it. You just got to dive in and accept that things aren't always going to go the way you want them to. You might get lucky. You might have a good few, like, nice breaks. But eventually you're going to have some trouble. And that's okay. Trouble and failure is just a chance to learn as it is with everything else. And even if it stings or feels bad, it's not the end of the world. And if you look at yourself and you look at your surroundings and the environment that caused that failure, you can always take something away from that. There's always a silver lining to take away from that that will help you improve next time. Exactly. And that is Hypnosis 101. Yep. No trance today, like we said at the top of the episode. 
because that was a pretty long one by our uh, unedited standards. It's, you know, about an it's hour. It's like an hour. So we're probably going to be at an hour when when this goes up. Do you want to say anything else, Jess Jess? We originally were going to do a trance for this episode, but there was no way. What what, what kind of trance do you do for Hypnosis 101? We were originally uh, going to do something that's very, like, mechanical and, like, hypnotize somebody with the process of hypnosis which sounds cool but it's super boring when you actually get to writing it out Uh uh-huh uh or our other idea was to just show off like very basic trance uh uh, inductions but But that's boring that's a that's another episode (laughs) yeah it's boring and like we can make an episode of that we can do a witch's brew on that we're gonna brew your witches Ooh. um ooh. yeah just you know, like a like a little ooh, just ooh, ooh. <laughs> you got us. You got us thinking of that TF2 video. Scout is just like, I'm dead. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so me though. Uh, thank you for listening to Mindless Matters. Um, we have media. We have a Twitter. We're we're fucking on it. We have a Sometimes YouTube. We have a YouTube. We you can listen to us where the fuck you want. That's right. This we're is the fuck on, episode. Hypnosis 101. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's a good it's a good time. We have a um, soundgasm. We have a Kofi. Wink. We do have a Kofi. We we would love to get uh anything from anyone that just has the extra couple bucks and wants to toss something our way. There are much more important causes right now. Yes. But if you have extra bucks on top of that, and sure. If- and if one of your forms of showing affection or appreciation is giving money and you feel compelled, that's where. Do we have anything else we want to say? Do you? No, not that I think of. And our, and our new book will be out next June. <laughs> no. That's great. Um, What's it about? <laughs> is it uh, cat facts? I hope it's cat facts. You know it's cat facts. But all of them are <sighs> actually cuttlefish facts. Oh, that's the real trick. It's 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 cat facts, and then you have a little label there you can peel off, and it, it's oh. cattlefish. And then you can take that original cat facts label, <laughs> and it's a sticker now. It's a sticker now. Enjoy it. <laughs> uh, next June 2021, we're confirming it here for real for now. <laughs> An audience, listeners... This book isn't happening. This is real. Have a good night. And if it's morning, you can save that for later. Night, everyone. <laughs>